Welcome to Laughter, Dirt and Education, a podcast recognising and celebrating our rural and remote educators. From teachers, principals, teacher aides and gubbies, they share their real and inspiring stories of educating our bush kids. Come along each week for the often crazy and inspiring stories of education and see why these amazing educators do what they do. Welcome back to another episode. This week, I catch up with high school teacher turned gubby Emily Caldwell. I'm really excited for this chat because Em discusses the importance of mental health and how she personally ensures she is being proactive about looking after hers, especially now that she lives in a rural location. This is her story. Well, Em, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. How are you going? Great, thank you. I'm so excited to hear a little bit about your story because I guess I don't know that much about you other than you're a governess this year. So can you tell me a little bit about yourself, where you grew up and, yeah, how you got into education? Okay, so I grew up um, in southeast New South Wales, so we're a fair way from home up here in northwest Queensland. Um, I grew up in the Bega Valley, which is a long way down the coast. And I went to a tiny little primary school called Toowoomba. So not Toowoomba, um, but Toowoomba. (laughs) Um, We grew up on a Merino property, but much, much smaller than all of the properties you see up here. So it's it's a very different lifestyle. I went to a tiny little primary school with about 20 kids, 20 to 30 kids, um, and then went into a bigger high school on the coast. Um, yeah, so that was a fair way from the property. So we probably an hour or so on the each way on the dirt road every day. But, yeah, I was really lucky. I loved my primary school experience. I was one of those lucky kids that just loved going to school every day so I think I decided I was going to be a teacher when I was in year six. <laughs> oh wow yeah um, yeah <laughs> so I've kind of always stuck with that dream I thought oh maybe I could do something else and then I just keep coming back to education because I just love it. Um, my nan was a teacher my dad was a teacher my mum's worked in schools for as long as I can remember so I've kind of grown up around it um, and hence teaching just seemed like the perfect path for me. It's funny how you have family members around because I'm quite similar. A lot of my aunties and my cousins are teachers and I think that plays such a huge part in how you grow up, even though you may not see them teaching specifically, just knowing that's a career option around you. I think that, yeah, plays a huge part. That's so, so true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think to, you know, once I went to uni and I started doing some pracs, so going out into schools and that kind of thing, I just, I just grew to love it even more. I think, you know, people sometimes when you go to uni and you start doing all the theory, you think, oh goodness, you know, can I keep doing this? But then once you go out into the school and you meet the kids and you, start to see 
what a difference you can make in kids' lives. I think that's when it really, you know, sinks in, you know, this is this is my kind of path. Yeah. Yeah. So did you study for primary or secondary? I actually did both. So mm-hmm. I started out doing primary. It was a bit of a long uni journey for me. I spent quite a few years at uni. I did a few years of primary. And then I went out and gubbied um, on a station in central west New South Wales. And then I thought, well, I'd better go back to uni. And I went to Wagga in New South Wales and started doing primary and secondary teaching. So uh, it just opened a few more doors to me, I thought, Um I studied English secondary and then obviously all subjects in primary and it just opened up my eyes to something. I'd never thought I would teach in high school ever. I thought, no, I'm just going to do primary. I love primary kids. Um, But then when I finished uni, I just, I got offered a job in high school and I thought, you know what, I'm going to give this a go and actually loved it, (laughs) really loved it. Yeah, so... It's very different to primary, but high school kids are just so much fun (laughs) to work with. Yeah, it can surprise you. And were you working like a small high school, like a rural community? Oh, definitely, yes. So um, my first year out teaching, I worked at a rural boarding school. So it was a public school, but it was a agricultural boarding school quite fairly small it was only just over 200 kids and that was lovely I um worked obviously as a teacher but also we did um work in the boarding houses in the evenings so that was really nice I got to know the kids really well they were all all off properties all over New South Wales and that was a really good experience. And then the following year, I moved closer to my parents' place down near Bega and uh, worked at another really small high school. That only had about 150 kids. Yeah. And that was also really lovely. A lot of those guys came off properties and worked in the local town and that kind of thing. So did you find that was like a really... Um good move going into high school compared to what you were doing in primary school did you I guess what was your biggest probably struggle because I think sometimes we don't talk about those struggles and we take this perfect picture yes well that's right and look to be honest I pictured myself going straight into primary school but um, as I'm sure a lot of other teachers will tell you primary school is a bit more difficult to get into there's a lot more jobs available in high schools I find as an English teacher um, especially in those rural areas that I really love teaching in Um, so high school was just it was much easier firstly um, I got a lot more job offers in high school and once I started teaching in high school I mean, a lot of people say, oh, it's really scary and, you know, I couldn't face up to a class of 15-year-olds. And, look, there was definitely hard days and I thought, what am I doing? You know, like, yeah. Um, 
high school kids are very, very different to primary. Um, but I think they warm up to you as long as you can show them that you genuinely care about them and about their interests. Um, you know, you can have a great bunch of kids that you work really well with. I think the most difficult thing actually is that you see a lot more kids during the day. So mm. I would see 80 kids or so each day. And um, especially as an English teacher, you've got full classes because it's compulsory. And so you wouldn't get to know them on a, on a close level as much as primary school. So that's probably the thing I found the hardest. Um, but yeah, I definitely think if anyone's thinking about going into high school, but they're not sure about it, just jump in really, just give it a go. Mm -hmm. And as long as you can show the kids that you're genuine and that you care, then I think it's a great place to be. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I have really only taught primary school, but I did a few relief days last year in my local high school which was the combined primary high school and I was really surprised I even said to some of my teaching friends how surprised I was that I enjoyed it even though it was easy because it was relief I got everything planned for me but just that conversation with those high schoolers it was just a totally different level to what I was used to especially teaching lower primary I just felt as though I walked out and it I'd made such a difference in such a small amount of time, but I could have a good chat to them as well. Yes. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. So obviously you're no longer in New South Wales. You're up in Northwest Queensland. Tell me a little bit about that because you're a long way from home. <laughs> yes. Yes, we are. And, and um, so obviously I touched on before I worked as a governess years and years ago in back in 2014 for a beautiful family and I just loved that experience so much it really um, has been a lasting memory for me and it's always something that I wanted to have another go at down the track and um, it just seemed like the right time in our lives so obviously my partner is also up here on the station with me he works in the in the stock camp with the crew and um, it just seemed like a good point in our lives. We were kind of thinking, what are we going to do next year? I'd kept kind of mentioning the, the station word to my partner and he, you know, was obviously really excited to give it a go. So we just did it. We just, we decided a month or so before we came up here, applied for a few jobs and, um, just did it and we just were lucky we got offered a jobs on the same property um and here we are <laughs> no I love that I think it is such a huge jump I guess moving so far away but probably you obviously sound like you are enjoying it up in northwest Queensland so can you tell us how far away are you from your closest town what are the facilities like in that town So we are about two hours south of Mount Isa. So Mount Isa is quite a big centre, obviously. Um, so we're really lucky. We're not that isolated. I don't feel isolated here. Um, we also have another town about 40 minutes away, Dajara. It's, it's a quite a small community, 
but they have a great medical centre. They have a little uh, roadhouse so you can get supplies if you need them. But mostly, most of the time, we work in and out of Mount Isa. So we would go in there for supplies, etc. go to the doctors or whatever you need to do in where we're, where we're situated. We're in a really nice spot. That's fantastic. And so how many kids do you govern Because obviously you go through Mount Isa for schooling. Yes, yes. So we're through Mount Isa School of the Air and I have two kids. Um, one is five and he is in prep and the other is eight and she is in year two. So they're both gorgeous little <laughs> very different to what I taught last year but I just love it they're just gorgeous yeah, yeah I was going to say that's a huge jump back into not just primary yeah. school but lower primary yeah <laughs> yeah I I think lower primary is something I've always looked forward to teaching I just I really love that age where they're just everything is new they're learning how to read, write, count. I just, it's so exciting, that age um, and that early development because once they start picking up things, it's just, they just jump from one goal to the next and it's just um, incredible to see, actually. Yeah, it can be so rewarding, those little things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So before we go more into what your day looks like, can I just quickly ask, because obviously you've gone from New South Wales to Queensland, how was that transition, Mm. obviously, with getting your working with children check? Did you find that difficult? And I guess for maybe as a teacher, if there is a teacher out there listening who is thinking, okay, well, I'm based in this state, but I really want to take a job in another state, what would be your advice for them? Well, it's, it's really up to your employee how they go about that process. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really concerned because I thought that I would need to get all my teaching um, accreditation transferred to Queensland, etc. But because you're employed by the family or the station company um, rather than by the education system, it's actually quite quite a simple process um so I took so so say for example I can only talk for New South Wales I took a leave of absence from my teaching job um and uh it was actually fairly simple so you just need a blue card really for Queensland um and then obviously up to the discretion of the family, how you go about anything else. So whether you need a first aid certificate um, or whether you're through in-home care or employed directly by the property. So when you apply for a job, um, the family will talk you through that process and how they would like you to um, be employed, for instance. So I can't talk for everyone, but the process I went through was really simple. Um, I'm employed by the family because it's a family-run business. Yeah, and I Obviously, think that's good to hear. Obviously, a little bit. Sorry? 
sorry. I think that's really good to hear that it was not an overly mm. hard process. Like it shouldn't stop people from trying. No, definitely. And I've talked to lots of governesses um, over the years and they always say that it's fairly simple. I personally think it's a lot more straightforward than applying to be a teacher. Yes. <laughs> so if you're a teacher, if you're a teacher in any state, just jump in because, yeah. you know, once you start talking to that family, <clears throat> excuse me, and you get to know them and they explain it to you, it's, it's really straightforward. Yeah. yeah. And there's and there's always um out there like you and I, Amy, who have been through the process and can help you in that great Gubby community out there, you know, helping each other along all the time. So, you know, just get chatting to other Gubbies and they will help you with anything really. Yeah. And I was talking to another um, teacher the other day who spent some time out West Govening. So her episode will be out by the time yours is. But I think it's really important as teachers not to see it as a step down your career. Like I am loving governessing because I feel like I'm teaching and I'm not having to worry about mm. all the other data collection, everything that comes with teaching that I don't think they really set you up for in uni. Yes. Well, I personally feel like they didn't. You get the best of both worlds, I mm. think, as a governess. Yes. No, I totally agree with you. Um, and to be perfectly honest, I was getting a little bit frustrated with all the data collection, et cetera, that goes on in a school environment. And obviously one day I will probably return to that. And I, I know that it's part of the system. We need to do it. But when you are governing, you, your sole focus is on your kids' education. So you yeah. can focus completely on making sure that they understand concepts, that they enjoy their education journey. Um, it's much more one-on-one, -on -one, as you would know. Yeah. You can, you can spend a lot more time with your individual kids, which mm. is just, as a teacher, I'm sure there's so many teachers out there that would agree it's just fantastic to have that one-on-one -on -one time yeah definitely so what does your typical day look like in the school room so prior to getting into the school room we we're up and about at about five we um go down and have brekkie with the crew at about 5 30 so you're also then... in quite a um larger station to yes well we do that i, I yeah, I guess I guess so. We've got um, six in the crew, mm -hmm. and in the stock crew, we have a cook, we have a ball runner, and the family and I. Yeah. So so there's a few of us, and um, so we all have meals together, which is fantastic. We have a cook who cooks some beautiful meals for us. Um, and then so after brekkie, we, I'm in the schoolroom at about 6.30 normally and that's my prep time. I, I'm a morning mm -hmm. person so I love to get in there and get myself sorted in the morning and make sure that I've got all the resources I need. Um, I catch up on emails to the teachers at the school, follow up on anything and that's 
I'm kind of ready to go for the kids at about 8.30 when they come in from home. And so normally at the start of the day, we get straight into doing some reading. So my kids love reading. So I read to them every day, most days, every day. I try and read every day to them. Um, And then it's really exciting. They're starting to read to me now. So they're at that age where they're starting to pick up a book and read a little story to me, which I, I just love that part of their learning. Uh, We do some literacy skills and then throughout the day, as we progress through our lessons, we also jump on to what we call on-air lessons and the kids catch up with their teacher at Mount Isa School of the Air and about three or four of their peers who are all over northwest Queensland, into the Territory and down into South Australia as well. So um, they'll be chatting to their friends from all over the place. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so then, those um, on-air lessons. Sorry? No, you keep going. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> I could chat all day. <laughs> Go for um, it. <laughs> So their on-air lessons last between about half an hour and an hour um, Mm -hmm. and they mostly focus on English and math skills. So the teachers are making sure that they're getting all of those basic skills that they need um, so that then the gubbies can follow up with the rest of the lessons. But it's just making sure that they have that communication with the school and with their peers um each day and then we teach the rest of the lessons here in the schoolroom. Awesome. So what do you do after school? I guess once it finishes your day is not over then? No, we um we have a really lovely little routine at the moment in the afternoons um which the kids really look forward to they always run into the schoolroom and say is it time to run the dogs so our afternoons um we run the station dogs so there's a couple of dogs that are here that the crew own and we jump usually we jump on our motorbikes and we take the dogs out for a run so we might go down to the creek for an explore or we head on up to a hill for a lookout and um, it's just such a exciting part of the day for the kids because they they really enjoy that play-based learning but also just getting out there and checking out this wonderful place that we call home. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. So do you have, I guess, is your main sole focus on the schoolroom and the kids or are you expected to do other station jobs? So um, we're pretty lucky. My main job here is teaching and that that's not always the case with Govies. Um, a lot of Govies do have other certain jobs and I do 
try and help out as much as I can around the place. Um, the kids and I might feed the animals or, you know, help mum out in the house. But every few weeks or so, I try and get out with the crew. I love to do that and I I wish I did do it more, I think. I So we'll go out and um, help out in the yards or help walk some cattle out. My motorbike skills are not crash hot, but I like to give it a go. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've been up in the chopper once to, to watch a muster from the air. That was incredible, but I ended up back on the ground pretty quickly feeling a bit crook. <laughs> yes, I think um, chopper mustering is definitely a sport of its own in a way not that I've been up but I've seen enough of it to go Ooh. yeah it's it's just an amazing experience though watching watching a muster from above so if you do get that chance it's really cool I think that's uh, great because you I, I really have... do sorry go on, go on. that's all right the internet keeps lagging I'll add all this I know out. same same <laughs> on this end uh, um, oh, what I was going to say. So you obviously have a fair bit of variety in your day, which is fantastic. I guess compared to mainstream teaching, your life looks totally different now. Oh yes, and I I really love that because obviously I grew up on a property um, very different, but I loved getting out there in the shearing shed after school and out on the motorbike with mum and dad. And my brothers. So for me, that's been a big thing that I really looked forward to coming up here to work as a govy. Um, and I just try and take every opportunity I can to get out and help in the paddock because I think that's it's all part of this experience. And look, I'm not sure how much help I really am, but I love to be a part of it. <laughs> no, I think it's great. I'm all for getting it experience in all different areas of farming and stage yeah. in life I guess because it does it's not I guess it's not professional experience that you're going to take back to your teaching but it just enriches your life that little bit more too yeah that's right it's, it's life experience and I think if anyone is planning to come out and start governing um try and take all those opportunities if you can because I mean that's what you're here for really um, so many people come out to stations to experience that life and just jump into it because, you know, it's something unlike anything you will see anywhere else. Yeah. Um, now you have an Instagram called M Teachers Out Back, which I love, and I guess that's how we connected. So when did you start that and um, what was your inspiration behind it, I guess? So I joined the Instagram community a few years ago um, when I realised that there is such a great community of educators on Instagram. Um, so I joined Instagram as a teacher first and I sat in the background for a long time watching other teachers doing these amazing things. There's so much knowledge and enthusiasm out there in the education community and the people sharing resources and just 
their love of working with kids, I guess. Um, so I, you know, gained a lot of inspiration. And then I guess probably when I came up here to Queensland, actually, I, I changed my teaching name on Instagram and um, just started to try and jump in to sharing a bit more about our lives. I thought, I guess I thought I had a bit more to share just because it's something different. Um, so my Instagram's a bit in evolving. It changes a lot <laughs> as my interests change and hobbies and that kind of thing. But I try and share a little bit of what we do at school, what we do outside of school, um, so the station life. And then obviously I've kind of got a few other interests that I'm also sharing a little bit more of these days as well. I guess a lot of us kind of sit in the background and think, well, what I've got to share is not that important. But I think if you just jump in, you'll find other people that are interested in the same things. And, you know, I've met so many fantastic people through Instagram actually for yourself for instance Amy I've met so many govies and just sharing their lives you can connect with them so much through you know things that they have to share yeah and I think sometimes we kind of take for granted our reality even though some days might feel boring to others that is a totally different experience like I remember speaking to my family in Brisbane on the holidays and they'd never even heard the word governess they didn't have this concept that I could live an hour from town and I think it's so important to share that they may never want to do it but I think it's important for people to understand that we do have this life in rural areas and yes some days are going to be boring but other days are amazing that's so true, Amy. And uh, a, f- a funny little experience we had at the start of the year, actually, my partner and I had just gotten here and um, we had a bit of a flash flood. And so our our um, only access in and out of the property on the driveway was flooded. And our supply truck that brings all the food every fortnight um, couldn't get across the creek. So um our boss who is the chopper pilot had to fly the food and supplies over the creek so that was just a little example of something that to me it just blew my mind it's something that you would never even think of down south and so many people you know wouldn't realize that that's something that's an everyday thing for these families yeah Yeah, no, I think it's so important to share. And I guess how do you, because I've seen and we're talking earlier about you're getting into other hobbies, how do you make a work-life balance? Because sometimes it is tricky when you are living and working in the same place 24-7. How do you turn off from work and just come back to M and relax, I guess? That's, yeah, that's a... It's a good question, Amy, and it's something that um, I think it's a 
renowned struggle for teachers in general mm. um, because teaching, educating, governessing, it's something that's really hard to turn off from. Um, my, I think because we care so much about our job and we care so much about our kids, it's really hard to switch that off button when we get home in the afternoon or evening. <laughs> um, I, it's something that I've had a lot of trouble with actually over the years, but I'm trying really hard to focus on a work-life balance and gaining some mindfulness in my life, I guess. So I have a few other things that I enjoy doing to try and, you know, mix it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I'm a big, I'm a big uh, fan of self-care, especially for mental health. Um, mental health is a really important topic that I wish we talked more about, especially in the bush. Yeah. Um, and you will hear it as a bit of a, a word that's being thrown around a bit more these days, but I think it's something that we really need to work on more. Um, everyone's self-care is different. My self-care is getting outside in the fresh air, running the dogs, going for a walk, patting a horse. <laughs> but also um, I started doing yoga a couple of years ago and that's something that I really enjoy. It's something that I find incredibly relaxing um, and I use a couple of other strategies while I'm doing yoga. I guess I do have a gratitude journal. Music is a big one and also I've started using essential oils as well in my yoga practice. So um, it's, it's a bit of a funny mix, I guess. You could think coming from a rural background, I guess, but it's just something that I've connected with so much and I really enjoy using. So those are the things that support my mental health and my work-life balance. No, I think that's wonderful because I think everyone is going to obviously find their own way of turning off from work and there shouldn't be a stigma around mental health and looking after your mental health, especially like you said, it probably should be spoken about more in rural areas, but it's great that you're doing that for yourself because that is the most important thing, looking after yourself first, I guess. Yes, I think so. And I think that's something that I am trying to share a little bit more of on my Instagram because I want it to be something that's normalised yeah. in our, well, both in our education community and in our rural community. Um, I think teachers tend to work so hard that they, and people in rural backgrounds, it it's happens in across the board, I think, Um there tends to be this thing where you just work, work, work until you <laughs> can't get out of bed kind of thing. So, yeah, I, you know, I really want to push that looking after your mental health is important. Yeah, no, totally agree. 
Well, Em, thank you so much for jumping on today. Is there any other um, advice or information you'd like to tell the listeners before we get off? <laughs> uh, look, I think I've talked your ear off already. Um, no, it's been fantastic. <laughs> I think just if, if it's something, if governessing is something that you have considered, thought about, look, looked into over the years, just jump in and do it. It's something that I have always wanted to do and I don't regret a minute of it. I think it's a fantastic experience and I'm always here if you want to ask any questions, if advice, and there's so many other gubbies out there in our community that also have some fantastic experiences to share. So just jump in. (laughs) <laughs> no, thank you. I'll make sure I put your Instagram on the show notes and on um, the podcast Instagram page so people can find you. So thank you so much for coming on. Thanks so much, Amy. It's been a fantastic opportunity. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Laughter, Dirt and Education podcast. I can't wait to bring you a new story from rural and remote educators each week. Make sure you are subscribed to your favourite podcast platform and follow us on Instagram to keep up to date. Until next week, thank you.